0: Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show.
1: Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Jason. And this
2: is Allie. And we have another special episode for you today that I think you're really going to like. If you were at the Sisters event, you already know this, but Pastor Amy gives a great message. Then she starts a conversation with her mentor, Cheryl, and we're continuing that conversation today on the podcast.
1: Right. And can I just say that this topic that they talk about is probably the number one thing that all of the guys that I know need to hear it.
2: Mm, Yes, and I feel like the Holy Spirit has really been doing a work in our church during this season because we recently finished a series from Pastor Craig called A Better Way. And one of the things he challenged us to do is pray this prayer every day. God, help me walk slowly enough to experience Jesus fully and love people deeply. And then Pastor Amy gave this incredible message about relationships, loving others, and being present. And today's conversation really highlights the importance of being present with God and others.
1: Oh, that's so good. And I think it's like really easy to get in the habit of being in a hurry. Like I'm just thinking about getting ready with my kids in the house this morning (laughs) You all have your own version of that. And we're just rushing through life. We're trying to check off all the right boxes. And then we forget that like being present, being with the people around us is probably one of the most loving things we could possibly do. And Pastor Amy just models what it looks like to be intentional in this friendship. She's had a mentor for 22 years, and it's really clear that their relationship has really benefited both of them. And actually, not too long ago, we did a whole episode about mentoring relationships, and you can go check that out. But it's pretty incredible to see what can happen when we actually take this step to form this kind of relationship.
2: Absolutely. And so now you get to hear from Pastor Amy and her mentor, Cheryl, and I'm really excited for you to listen. Well, Pastor Amy and Cheryl, thank you so much for being on the You've Heard It Said podcast. We are so excited to hear from both of you today. Thanks, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Well. For anybody who hasn't seen their sister's event yet, we're not going to spoil too much, but they should go back and watch because we got to hear the beginnings of a conversation with you both, and it was so good. We had to have more of it. And Mm -hmm. so this conversation is really just a continuation from that. So before we really jump in, I want to hear a little bit about you, Cheryl. So if you could just tell us about yourself, and then I would love for both of you to tell me how you met and what your relationship looks like.
3: Oh, sure. Well, I have five grown children and heading towards six grandchildren, mm-hmm. and I grew up in a variety of cities. We moved several times, mm-hmm. mostly around the southern half of the United States. And this year is a really big year of milestones for me. Mm-hmm. So I met Bill fifty years ago. I have been i will have been on mm-hmm. the earth seventy years, and I am approaching 55 years of knowing Jesus, oh, so Aww. it's a really big deal. The biggest event that's happened ever in my life is that we heard the word cancer, mm-hmm. and we only had 15 weeks with my husband. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm telling Allie, it changed me every way a person could be changed, physically, emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, but especially spiritually. So I've been in parenting ministry about Twenty years, actually. Amy and Craig were the instigators of that, and <laughs> and that's evolved over the years. And then now that I'm in my empty nest years, I can give myself fully to it, and I'm really excited because we are releasing the parenting podcast. My daughters said, "You need to do a podcast," hmm. and Amy said, "Yes." <laughs> so all right, so here we are, and what we want to do our heart, Allie, is to bring hope and to help them flourish. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing that.
2: Such good perspective already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, and so... Yeah, and then how we met. Yeah. Oh, so we probably have different perspectives and have to clarify with each other. But... <laughs> yeah, because I've never heard what your perspective well, on this. I mean, I-, I met Cheryl and her family, her amazing husband, Bill, and the children. Your fifth one was a little guy, a little toddler. But they were members of our church, and they were just this wonderful family that... I just was acquainted with, but we began more of a mentoring friendship where I approached her, him hard, and felt so um, embarrassed to, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you know, you need to ask Cheryl to mentor you when I was praying about it. But she was then just new in her season, her crazy desperate season of being a widow. And so mm-hmm. I just thought, surely I'm not hearing from you, God. But I approached her and she felt like the, the Lord had already revealed that she was to invest in my life. So it was a confirmation. <laughs> and I wrote that in my journal and just jaw-dropping awe of God that He had ministered that to her as well. And we just began what was formal in the sense that we just scheduled it in. You know, scheduled mm-hmm. in, I I think, maybe monthly meetings mm-hmm. or something. And, and it just went that way for now over 22 years because... I know we started when Anna was a baby. Over 22 years of just Cheryl's investment into my life and just a dear friendship that impacted every area of my life, certainly my spiritual journey. She stretched me just significantly as a wife and a mother and as a friend. In every area of my life, I can point to some way that she's just made me better. So I just praise God for you, Cheryl.
3: It's amazing. It's amazing. Because it really was. Both of us were prompted by the Spirit, Mm -hmm. but we both were a little intimidated to approach the other, Uh you know, and Mm -hmm. here she was, this young thing. When we started, the church was just six months old, Mm -hmm. so there were less than 100 people there, and we were definitely just different because of the demographics of our family. Mm -hmm. But the Holy Spirit started doing this. We started out in an intentional mentoring relationship, Mm -hmm. and have just become heart friends. Mm -hmm. But I want to tell you about Amy, because Mm -hmm. she has so impacted me. I would say it is her humility and her passion for Jesus that keeps me motivated like that. But I will tell you one thing where she impacted specifically. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. the instance. So this is a mentoring and it's a, a situation where we, she can speak very honestly mm-hmm. and we can be gut level, mm-hmm. open with each other. And there was a situation and a conflict in a relationship. And so we were talking through it, but I watched her with such carefulness to protect the privacy mm-hmm. of the name of that person mm-hmm. when it would have been, it wouldn't have been gossip She could Mm -hmm. have shared it, but she didn't. And listening and working through that issue, I realized I feel so safe with her Mm -hmm. because I know she doesn't gossip. And so I tasted it so deeply, and I've been burned so many times with Mm -hmm. gossip. Mm -hmm. So it was a true heart thing. Amy, I don't know if I've ever told you. Mm -hmm. I said, I want to be that safe person for other people, Mm -hmm. to be so cautious and have that be an attribute in my life. Mm. Oh,
2: wow. I love that. I think that's so important (laughs) that you guys have had this relationship where you've been benefiting one another for these 22 years. I think Mm. that's really cool for all of us to learn from. And Mm. so that reminds me of one of the things that you shared at the Sisters event, Cheryl. You said so many things that I wanted to talk about. But one of them was that in order to be fully present with others, we need to be fully present with God. And so could you tell me a little bit about what does it look
3: like to be present with God and how do we start building that habit? I love this phrase. You know, Amy was talking about it at Sisters, and we've talked about it a lot. What we thought was a pause or a sacrifice with a lot of time during COVID originally and not going places and church shuttings down and all Mm -hmm. of that— God was working individually in both mm-hmm. of us. It's mm-hmm. huge work of self awareness and him awareness, and certainly loving others better. And so it was so interesting to be a parallel journey.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of
3: the phrases that he gave me is being very present. And so again, it's something I want to habit. I want to work in my life. But here's the thing: again, life is a process. But Jesus says, "I am living water." And 2 Corinthians 4 talks about being a crack vessel, that people can see more of Him. But if I don't fill it up with the living water, I have nothing but Cheryl to pour out uh, the cracks and and my offering. And when I engage with you, I bring Cheryl. Mm -hmm. And I want instead to intentionally be connected to Him. And again, it's all a process, but deliberate steps. So, deliberately spending time with Him. Hmm. And I talked about the two different ways, and, I, and I, I do it myself. And I don't know if Amy has the struggle, but having been a Bible teacher and doing a lot of teaching, I end up working on that mm-hmm. rather than—and I remember specifically way back in the day when we had Ladies of Life mm-hmm. and doing Bible teaching, and I would quit and go to bed and go, I'm done. It's all right, one o'clock in the morning. I have to quit getting in bed. And the Holy Spirit said, you didn't even spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And so I go, you're right. So I'd open up the word to the passage I was going to teach. And then I just sat and I was with him. And there were sometimes he radically changed or gave me something different. Mm-hmm. But it was such a difference from the academic work mm-hmm of good things Mm -hmm. to really being with Him, okay? And relationships are happening all the time. And I, you know, anytime you're with someone, you're having thoughts about people, if I'm not well connected with Him, Mm -hmm. if I am not growing in that, and of course... Mm -hmm. It's all a continuum. Mm -hmm. So like we were talking earlier, different this week than it was last Mm -hmm. week. But if I do the same things, I'm not going to grow in it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm spending time with him, and again, I want to emphasize, it's two different things. One Mm -hmm. is knowing the word well, but it lacked heart and connection. And then there's the other side where it's just emotion and casual relationship and maybe more of a devotional relationship. And I need all of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I need really time to understand the Word. There's a, an older teacher that used to say, context is king, it rules mm-hmm. and interpretation. So, I need to study the Word, so I even know the context. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've taught so much, I go back and I realize I was misteaching that because I didn't mm-hmm. understand the context. Maybe it was an Old Testament or the context of something, Peter or Jesus himself— and I didn't understand it. And so that's always a growth process, but I want to work on that so I can have the devotion Mm -hmm. so that I am looking to Him, to hear Him, so that I can love you better. Mm -hmm. And then I can be present with you because I'm going to be all about myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's what I want to do. How can I be open and focus on you when I'm not connected with him, and he is that life source. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's varying, Mm -hmm. but I want to grow in that. And so as I develop that relationship with him, then I can be better present with you. And for example, went back to a restaurant today and had lunch with a friend, and it's one I'd been to before. And because I'm trying to practice this, Mm -hmm. the same server was there, and I had already been very present to be aware, listening to her. And I came back again to our previous conversation and, you know, reminded her. And then it turned out that she had a connection when I introduced my friend to her and they're both artists and, and I just watch God do it. But if I don't slow down, Allie, and I'm not connected to him, I'm going to be thinking about how quickly can I get through this and how much should I, tip, should I leave her. I might be very distracted Yeah, all of that that
2: is so good. I love how you mentioned all of those parts are important, like the academic knowledge of the Word, but also the being present in the Word. And I love that God has really been showing both of you so much Mm -hmm. about relationships in this season. And so, Amy, you mentioned that God has been doing a work in you in this area. And so what did you do that allowed God to teach you and grow you in this area?
0: You know, this last 18 months— it's been a challenge. It's been it's been something that nobody was prepared for and kind of whatever um, whatever's was in there already, you know, it was coming out uh, where you were and your maturity with God and with people. And so I would say that where God has, the places where He's revealed areas that I needed to humble myself and lay myself down and that, you know, those things that He pointed out that just weren't the right attitudes and weren't the right heart and the pride in me and all those things, those wouldn't have happened, those insights that the Holy Spirit gave me, had I not done the things like Cheryl was talking about, the looking to Him and having that connection and having that dependence on Him, that I was mm-hmm. daily seeking Him in, in prayer and in His Word and just relating to Him, drawing near to Him throughout the day. So I just wanted to highlight that if we're not just in daily fellowship and daily communion of just realizing He's there and we need Him and just constant drawing our heart mm-hmm. and our mind towards His spirit within us, then we'll miss that Mm. opportunity of growth. I'm so thankful that I'm not who I was, you know, 18 months ago. I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. that I'm not who I was, you know, two months ago, because I just always like to say the Lord doesn't ever leave me where I was. He doesn't want us to stay stuck where we are. Because we haven't arrived, there's no reason why God doesn't want to just continue to, you know, take us on mm. further, different levels of maturity, deeper roots, greater glory, and purification. And so, so you have to just put yourself before Him every day, mm. and um, or else the growth the growth won't come. And so, I'm not saying I did anything except just be be near, just mm. be in His Word. And I praise God that He takes my mess and my inadequacies and does something when I just go near. He yeah. wants, you know, to make me like Him. And so I'm just learning as I get near.
2: Hmm. Sounds so good. That presence that Cheryl was talking about, yeah. being yeah. fully present with God. I love but, that.
3: You know, Allie, she's such a mature believer. She knows mm-hmm. Him well. Okay. But it's step by step by step. Mm-hmm. So even though her steps look a little different, Mm -hmm. someone who's a brand new believer, Mm -hmm. they can begin a little bit and then develop that, I'm gonna intentionally keep connecting to you and keep connecting to you and keep connecting to Mm -hmm. you and Mm -hmm. slow things down so you can choose Mm -hmm. to respond out of him or just ask him, what am I supposed to do?
2: Hi friends, Allie here. I just wanted to remind you that if you haven't seen the annual Sisters event yet, mark your calendars and make plans to be there. Find out dates, times, and more at www.life.church/sisters. Also, this conversation is really the starting point and Pastor Amy has all kinds of great resources to equip you and your life group to have meaningful conversations. In the conversation guide for this episode, we'll link to where you can find her Bible plan, podcast recommendations, and more. So be sure to check that out in the show notes wherever you're listening. Now, back to Amy and Cheryl. Amy, one of those areas that you mentioned growing in in your sister's message was sometimes you can maybe have a tendency to want to fix something (laughs) when somebody's sharing something. And I can relate. I'm like raising my hand like, yes, I want to give the advice. But you're learning that sometimes the more loving thing is to listen. And so how are you learning to make that shift? And how do we know when maybe it is time to share our advice versus, no, it's more loving just to listen?
0: It is tricky because there are times where we we need to step in and bring truth and and Mm -hmm. love and everything and not always just listen. Listening is important and it's that first thing that you have to do. And as we're listening to them, we need listening to the Holy Spirit. But I would just say, we need to be hip. So that's my little sticky, (laughs) H-I-P. Let's be hip. H is humble. Mm -hmm. And so we start with humility, which I talked about on the other podcast with you. And in that humility you are humbling yourself before God and before others so that you can be I interested in them and engage, like Cheryl said, losing yourself. It's not all about me. And I can just be so much self-interested of what I'm trying to do or what I need to tell you as I'm listening. I'm really just trying to be that good helper, so I'm gonna mm. fix the problem. And when we get interested, when we humble ourselves and truly get interested out of love, out of mm. not of a motivation of, I'm interested so I can help you and fix you, but interested out of, I love you and I see you, where I see what you're feeling, I un- understand your values and all these things, in that interest, then I can really be, P, present, mm. which is amazing, that was something that the Lord brought to Cheryl, was that being present. But we wanna be present, in that interest so that we're present to then the prompting of the holy spirit so practically mm-hmm. maybe that after i got truly humbled and interested and not just because if i'm proud and uninterested in them but more interested in my you know my self exalted opinion I'm leaning on that. Let me tell you, I already know just when you opened your mouth, you know, it's so easy. As soon as they start, it's like, I already know what you're gonna say. Let me just tell you (laughs) right now, (laughs) all my wisdom and great things I have to share with you to fix you and to straighten you out. And we do this all the time, I think in our marriages Mm -hmm. and and with our kids or whoever we're close to. And it just runs them down and doesn't communicate love because it isn't love. Mm -hmm. It is not. And so the humility has to come. When you are humble, you're really... Loving because it's not about you anymore. It's now about the person in the room with you. Mm. And in that there is a a connection that is present enough to then receive wisdom, get mm. present with the Holy Spirit in you and the person with you, and ask for that wisdom because all of a sudden you're gonna know. Mm. When you've laid yourself down in humility, you're gonna know do I need to share? Because it's the spirit in you that maybe that is prompting you to speak. You're speaking in love. And I guess in an example I have of this, sometimes when Craig would come home from the office, he would share information with me. And sometimes it was kind of drama type info where it could incite some offense or whatever. And I would immediately have emotions triggered that would wanna take an offense or an opinion. And I knew because I'd been spending time that day with the Lord, that I'd get a a kind of a a check in my spirit of like, wait a second, you know, this is not God's spirit working in me. This is me working in me. And Mm -hmm. I would just say, I'm refraining from commenting right now because this is upsetting to me. And this is my flesh right now. This is not my, this is not the spirit of God right now. And Mm -hmm. I would just be like, I'm gonna get back with you later about if he would want my input or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. If if you're upset Mm -hmm. and you know it's not good feelings, then just tell that person that you're with, you love them, say, you know, I'm too emotional right now. I'm upset right now or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to you later. I love you so much. I don't want to say something that's hurtful. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to be hip. I'm going to be hip because I wasn't a hip mom. I was not. My kids would roll their eyes and they should have because I was preaching Mm -hmm. at them Mm -hmm. instead of listening, instead of having empathy. And I look back, and that would be the biggest thing I would change in my whole parenting, is to get hip, you know, because I did have good answers. So we're talking about things (laughs) that surprised me (laughs) at this point after all these years. I already
3: shared about how shocked I am, because I thought sanctification, yeah, you know, and I'll have it all together. But this growth in humility, where it's loving Him so I can love others Mm -hmm. better— Exactly what you're saying. I have today more wisdom, more accurate understanding of what Scripture says, more intimacy, hearing from Him, everything. I'm the best version of myself today than I've been Mm. in my entire life. Emotionally healthy, all of these things, more than ever before. So, of course, I have all this wisdom to share. (laughs) But if I'm listening to Him, you know, like we talked about, Mm -hmm. The pray it, don't say it. If I'm listening to him, I am shocked how much he goes, nope, just Mm -hmm. be quiet and Mm -hmm. love. That's so good. Oh my goodness. I love
2: that. So I want to go back to something that you touched on earlier, Cheryl. You said, pray it, don't say it. (laughs) And I really liked that. And so I wondered if you could tell me a little bit more about it and maybe an example of a relationship that lived that out in.
3: Okay. So it was a new concept to me because I was connected to him enough to hear him say that. But I will give you examples. For example, my natural tendency and the way I am, I'm a nice person and I tend to be a people pleaser and I don't mind confronting and we talk about something, but to get into conflict, if we can't resolve it very soon, my tendency would be, oh, I'm sorry, let's get out of this. You know, so... Sometimes he doesn't say Pray, don't say it. Sometimes he says, "Say it." Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so, this spiritually healthy, emotionally spiritually healthy, has brought me to where I realize sometimes I need to say no. The way you're acting or what you're saying, this is inappropriate. I'm going to draw a line here, and I will intentionally confront where. I wasn't always jumping to that. Now, I did the, let me slam you with truth, that, (laughs) but particularly this drawing a boundary that was healthy. But I will tell you what's drastically impacted that. And it's a word that's really not, I don't think it's given much credit, actually, (laughs) lip service, but it's obedience. (laughs) And I will tell you why. Because you're asking, how can people grow in this? How can we start getting traction to these concepts? And obedience is clear. And somewhere along the line, he brought the words to me to say, develop the habit of quick obedience. Mm. Because as I'm thinking about it, I can't even make myself trusting more. Mm. I can't make myself loving more. Uh, I can't conjure those up. I can work towards it, but I can't. But I can make the choice to obey. Mm. And so. it's been amazing. It is a key factor in my life. Because as I began to make that choice to have the habit of quick obedience, I love what it says in scripture. And I could show you a lot of them, but particularly John fourteen twenty-one. And so you have to realize they're in the teens in John Alley, he's getting ready to die. And he knows the cross is before him. This is a Cheryl paraphrase. In John 14, 21, he says, If you obey me, the Father and I will show you our particular love for you. And I will reveal myself to you. Mm. And in cross-benefit analysis, that's what I want. And so I can't make myself fully obedient, Mm. but I can choose the habit of quick obedience. Mm. Amy was referring to when the Lord's saying something to her, she's hearing him and she chooses to obey whether you want to or not. And That's what knowing him better and better. And so some people, particularly a younger believers will say, how do I know if Mm. I'm being obedient? And Mm. so I said, well, can you go back to the last time you told him no? And Mm. so spend some time with him and ask him. And they go, remember when I told you to go apologize to your husband or go make this right with this person or you didn't send that money, whatever, who knows what it is, something Mm -hmm. small, Mm -hmm. or I told you drop going to exercise, and instead I want you to go to your grandma's house and take care of her, whatever it is. I can choose to develop the habit of obeying, and then it's the most self-feeding thing because of what he promises. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I have to do, slow down enough to know, is this a time I pray it and don't say it, Lord? Or is this a time I pray it and he tells me to say it or Mm -hmm. do it? And so that to me is completely involved with Mm
2: -hmm. obedience. Man. And that obedience, I think, goes back to, again, that prompting of being present with him and listening to what he's telling you to do or to say or not say, depending on the situation. So that's so good. So another thing that both of you guys talked about was our motives and how important it is to evaluate our motives whenever we're doing something. Mm -hmm. And so, Amy, how has evaluating your motives impacted the way that you're viewing relationships?
0: I have been seeing that I can so easily be deceived. I think that my motives were pure. And actually, it's because there's a a mixture of motives or the surface motive of that. For example, my motive is to help you. Mm. I said it just to help you. And so you can justify and not really think about What's deeper than that, what the initial assumption is, that we we always excuse our intentions because we just love to self-justify, it's self-protecting, oh. and, and mm. it's all rooted in pride. We think, like the scripture says, that our ways seem right to us. Mm-hmm. Let me give an example of what the deception could look like. Mm. I And this is hypothetical, but things like this have actually—they happen in my life and I'm sure in yours— But let's say that I'm driving over to my daughter Mandy's house. And on the way there, I see on my phone, there's a call coming in. And it is from somebody that I'm immediately emotionally triggered Mm -hmm. going, I don't want to answer and talk to that person right now. And because this is going to have some drama and I don't want to deal with it. And so I get to Mandy's, let's say, and I start explaining about the, how that call came in. So, uh, sorry, Hen. I was a little late. Be- I was out on the phone and I tell her how I, I actually got this call that came in and I picked it up and I tell her, you know, I didn't want to, but you know what? It actually ended up being fine. And I was able to refer that person to who they needed to talk to and blah, blah, blah. Well, hmm. it appears Good old Amy, pat myself on the back, I did the right thing. Look at me, I picked up that phone call and I didn't want to. So here I am sharing with Mandy, confessing to her that ugliness in my heart that I didn't want to pick up the call. And I also confessed how I did it. And I congratulated myself basically to say, look what I did. I did the right thing. All of that, if you rewind it, was absolutely all about me. Mm all of it. It was about my feelings and how I felt about the call and about me deciding that I would do the right thing to pick it up. And it was about me being able to share with my daughter how that all went down and how I ended up helping somebody Mm -hmm. even throw God in there and saying, look how God just worked in that so I could help that person. Mm. And the reason why it was all about me is because that was my focus and how I just shared that story, right? And I realized mm-hmm. that that is just, that didn't happen. But things like that have legitimately happened. Mm-hmm. We fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing these things and it goes exactly against and well reveals like First Corinthians 13, what love is and what love is, isn't. But the beginning of First uh, Corinthians 13 tells us that you can do a lot of things that looked, appear good and righteous and be using the gifts of the spirit of speaking in tongues and having the gift of prophecy and giving everything to the poor and even dying as what appears to be this heroic martyr, but you could be doing it all for self-glory. You could be doing it all to be about yourself or a mixture of something where a whole lot of it was about you. Mm. And so I just realized as I've been pursuing, wanting to love well and humbling myself, I really am looking carefully at my motives Mm. because I'm not trusting them. I'm not gonna just assume that I am genuinely loving that person that called me. Mm. My story should be that somebody called me and maybe I didn't wanna answer it, but then I remembered how valuable they were and how much I care about them and how I actually have been praying, I'd been praying for them. So I should wanna pick up the call, but putting myself aside, There's always gonna be some yuck, but I should be motivated by love and being present with them and really desiring their best because that is what God cares about. And that's truly what I say I care about. Mm. And so Amy just needs to die a whole Mm. lot more because I can easily just all the time think that I'm doing something that appears righteous, sounds righteous, Mm. is noble and right. And it's really, it, it was void of love. And um, if we don't stop and consider on a regular basis those motives, we might really find ourselves in a place that just ended up not being, you know, truly motivated by love and loving well.
2: That's so good. And I think there's almost this tension, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, but I know my motives and my motives are usually bad. And so (laughs) how do I navigate the tension of do I wait until my motives are 100% pure Or do I go ahead and do something sometimes, even if I have the wrong motives, because maybe it is the right thing to do? What do I do with all that tension?
3: Well, our problem is we're in the Mm in-between. We're between the cross and glory. Mm -hmm. And so it's always going to be a struggle. And there's only one who's ever had purest motives. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about obedience a while ago. And so there are different levels of obedience. There's the obedience of Cheryl, I want you to go back and say this to Amy, or I don't want, whatever it is. And I don't want to, but I'm going to obey. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's obedience. You see it in little children when they don't want to come back to you, but they choose to obey. That's a beginning level of obedience. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing I don't feel like treating you the way you deserve to be treated. But I can choose to walk in that and then ask God to purify my motives. Mm -hmm. And for me, like you're saying, how do I know? That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah says, my heart, (laughs) it's sick and Mm -hmm. it will deceive me all the time. And Mm -hmm. that's why our relationship with him and the Holy Spirit, and that's why I want him to reveal himself, Mm -hmm. a motivation Mm -hmm. to obey. Asking the question why, and it's to be self-aware of what I'm triggered Okay, a positive trigger or a negative trigger. Because we might think, oh, wow, I feel good about myself. Like Amy was seeing in her, her story she told, I feel really good about myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so feeling good about myself, even as a mature believer, that's not necessarily really what's going on. So asking the word why, mm-hmm. everything is you have to slow down and spend time with him. Asking why and processing through that. For example, oh, I've, I huh well, Lord, this has been a great day. I feel so good. I feel close to you. I'm enjoying the sunshine or the clouds. And then I sit down and start processing with Him. Why do I feel good? Because it's, we'll say, a positive trigger. Oh, I feel a positive trigger because someone spoke to me and I wanted to, or someone invited me to lunch and, you know, not somebody else or something like that. And it turns out, I've got a rotten motive behind my trigger, truly down to my motives, to my core values. And that takes time to get there. Or, oh, I feel so bad about myself. Oh, I'm so unhappy. Why, Lord, why? And it might turn out, but it's because I chose to obey and lay down my life and I didn't want to. I didn't want to pray it, not say it. And so I'm still emotionally messed up in that because we are emotional beings. Mm -hmm. But it was a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I can't even go by superficial, feeling good, feeling bad. I I need to dig down and get in there and say, okay, I'm positive or negative triggered. Why? Mm -hmm. And everything that Amy said, going back because it's so self-deceiving. And that's another reason why we need to have intimate relationships Mm -hmm. in our lives of people who know him, and we can be real about, and they aren't yes men. Mm -hmm. They will tell you, Mm -hmm. you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And I treasure my relationships that someone will say, you're wrong. And that's one of the things I enjoy with being in a relationship with my adult children. Mm -hmm. Because instead of being the mama who did everything, I mean, as a widow mother, I did everything for my children. Mm -hmm. I love it that we're at the place in our relationship, and they will call me out on something. Or Mm -hmm. they will say, Mom, if you treat me like that, what you're showing is this, or, you know, I I want to keep that. And it goes back to your, Mm -hmm. of your hip. Mm -hmm. I have to let him do the humbling in me that I'm willing and desire. Nobody likes someone to tell you something ugly, but I want to hear it, Mm -hmm. not just from him, Mm -hmm. but from people. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be a believer It could be anybody speaking into my life or correcting me. And then I go back, Lord, is this true? And the Holy Spirit goes, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that you took it back to humility, because I think so much of that is at the center of all of this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so at Sisters, you were talking about how your definition of humility is rooted in clinging to and relying on and trusting Jesus. And so for anybody who wants to cultivate more of that, more of that empathy, more of that humility, what advice do you have for
3: them? Well, it's the things we've been talking about, and it does involve time. And it is true because exactly what Amy was saying, I cling to rely on and trust in Cheryl. First and foremost, mm-hmm. and I can even fool myself, like mm-hmm. Amy was saying, Oh, didn't I do a wonderful, godly thing? <laughs> you know, then <laughs> look at me here I am, I'm first Corinthians personified. <laughs> That's why I have to stay with him because, like Amy said, I don't want to love them the way I think I should love them. I want to hear from him, and I want to choose to lay down my life. And this has been a year and a half, like none, I don't think anyone alive has ever had anything like what the conflict, the radical polarization of opinions of mm-hmm. people that I didn't know they had strong opinions mm-hmm. and they are radically out there. We've all experienced, we know, and it's in every area. Mm-hmm. And with all of this that we're talking about with my self-awareness, the working up like Amy was talking about to really listen to them. I think it's a step by step because the tendency is work running to the engagement. For example, we know on social media a lot of people are just putting out their engagement and then people are reacting to that mm-hmm. or even a desire to love someone and share truth. Mm-hmm. But I I think the better process would to be start working to be aware of them mm-hmm. and then step into understanding them and that has radically transformed me mm-hmm. with people that Even when they're wrong, and they're Mm. wrong on my own personal core values and life values, Mm. they're wrong according to what Scripture says, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, Mm. in the church, out of the church, whatever. Mm. But if I slow down and let the Holy Spirit help me to be aware, seek to have understanding for their pain, their brokenness, Mm. their hurt, before I move to engagement, but... That slowing down process for me has totally altered the way I see conflict and people in a different place. That's so good. Mm -hmm.
2: Man, I love how the Holy Spirit has just been directing both of you on these mm-hmm. similar things. Yeah. And then sisters, so thank you so much for just the way that you listen to the Spirit and the way that you guys are so present with one another and with the people in your lives. And so I know that I've really benefited from listening to you, and I know Praise that God. our life groups are going to as well. And so is there anything else that you guys want to share that we haven't already talked about?
3: I would say one thing, because a core value the two of us have— is truth mm-hmm. when you like mm-hmm. if you list three core values, mm-hmm. both of us would say it's truth, mm-hmm. and so we're very motivated about truth. Mm-hmm. But Jesus in John one says he brought truth and grace, mm-hmm. and so one of the things that the Lord kind of said, yeah, what I want you to do is operate out of the truth, big T, of grace, mm-hmm. and look on what a grace has done for
0: me. Yeah. I want you to operate out of the truth of grace. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Like I shared in the sister's message, the thing that matters in this life is relationships. Yes. It's relationship mm-hmm. with God. It's relationship with people. And so that's my pursuit, is to, to get those things done right and well. And I can't, I won't, it's impossible on my own, got to have the work of God through me because He's love and I love. I love because He first loved me and He's radically rescued me and changed me and He's continuing to. And so I just want to continue in this walk of humility because I know I'm not going to love anyone well by an attitude of pride and anything in myself. But when I lay myself down, Jesus emptied Himself. So I will empty myself and I will cling to Him. He is the way, the truth and the life. And I just, I know that let's do that. And we are going to shine brightly because we aren't going to convince the world that we're right, that the truth is right by just being right. It's by Mm -hmm. our love. Mm -hmm. And that love of God is the thing that we won't have unless we have that strong abiding connection with the Father. And so that's why ultimately our humility, our love, everything that comes from Him, He's going to work it out. He's the author. He is the perfecter. So I'm just like, have it, Lord, have me perfect me every day there's so much work and but praise god thank you all for listening and we expect wonderful things to to come mm-hmm.
2: well thank you both so much pastor amy and cheryl this mm-hmm. has been so great and we just really appreciate you being on with us today thank you thank it you fun. it's an honor Well, Amy and Cheryl shared so many amazing things, but I think my favorite part was just watching them interact with one another. And I think you can hear it in their voices too, but you can just tell they really care about each other and that they've been in each other's lives for a really long time.
1: Yes. And I think that that actually makes their point so much stronger, seeing them show us how to have conversation inside of relationships that matter to us. They just modeled it for us. I specifically appreciate that, you know, Amy mentioned how sometimes we'll focus on being interesting instead of Mm. focusing on being interested in the person who's in front of us. And I really like being interesting. I I also love telling stories. And one of the reasons that I love telling stories is because I think they make me more interesting. And so Mm. I feel challenged to, yeah, keep being myself and telling stories, but also really listen to the other person who's sharing with me.
2: And I think it goes back to being present. You know, people can tell when you're not paying attention or when you're only thinking about the next thing that you want to say versus actually listening to what they have to say. And I think how sometimes the right thing to do is just not say anything at all, which can be really difficult for me because I really want to help the other person and I want to fix their problem with the right words. But sometimes the most loving thing we can do is listen. And I think that was a good reminder for me too.
1: Yep. So this week, Get With Your Life group your family, your mentor, your friends, maybe a new friend, and talk about this question. In what ways could I be more fully present with God and others?
2: And don't just talk about it. Identify your one next step and then go do it. We're so glad you listened to this bonus episode of You've Heard It Said. Amy and Cheryl modeled for us the importance of relationships and conversations. We hope that listening to them inspires you to go talk with someone you care about. To help you do that, you can download the conversation guide in the show notes wherever you're listening. We've got questions, resources, and more to help you get started. Also, if you haven't been to the Sisters event yet, remember to find Dates and Times at sisters. Have a great week.